जो बीत गई सो बात गई जो बीत गई सो बात गई जीवन में एक सितारा था माना वह बेहद प्यारा था वह डूब गया तो डूब गया अंबर के आनंद को देखो कितने इसके तारे टूटे कितने इसके प्यारे छूटे जो छूट गए फिर कहाँ मिले पर बोलो टूटे तारों पर कब अंबर शोक मनाता है जो बीत गई सो बात गई जीवन में वह था एक कुसुम थे उस पर नित्य निछावर तुम वह सूख गया तो सूख गया मधुबन की छाती को देखो सूखी कितनी इसकी कलियां मुरझाई कितनी वल्लरियां जो मुरझाई फिर कहाँ खिली पर बोलो सूखे फूलों पर कब मधुबन शोर मचाता है जो बीत गई सो बात गई जीवन में मधु का प्याला था तुमने तनमन दे दे डाला था वह टूट गया तो टूट गया मदिरालय का आंगन देखो कितने प्याले हिल जाते हैं गिर मिट्टी में मिल जाते हैं जो गिरते हैं कब उठते हैं पर बोलो टूटे प्यालों पर कब मदिरालय पछताता है जो बीत गई सो बात गई मृदु मिट्टी के हैं बने हुए मधु घट फूटा ही करते हैं लघु जीवन लेकर आए हैं प्याले टूटा ही करते हैं फिर भी मदिरालय के अंदर मधु के घट हैं मधु प्याले हैं जो मादकता के मारे हैं वे मधु लुटा ही करते हैं वह कच्चा पीने वाला है जिसकी ममता घट प्यालों पर जो सच्चे मधु से जला हुआ कब रोता है चिल्लाता है जो बीत गई सो बात गई धन्यवाद जो बीत गई सो बात गई लिखित श्री हरिवंश राय बच्चन द्वारा जो बीत गई सो बात गई जीवन में एक सितारा था माना वह बेहद प्यारा था वह डूब गया तो डूब गया अंबर के आनंद को देखो कितने इसके तारे टूटे कितने इसके प्यारे छूटे जो छूट गए फिर कहाँ मिले पर बोलो टूटे तारों पर कब अंबर शोक मनाता है जो बीत गई सो बात गई जीवन में वह था एक कुसुम थे उस पर नित्य निछावर तुम वह सूख गया तो सूख गया मधुबन की छाती को देखो सूखी कितनी इसकी कलियां मुरझाई कितनी वल्लरियां जो मुरझाई फिर कहाँ खिली पर बोलो सूखे फूलों पर कब मधुबन शोर मचाता है जो बीत गई सो बात गई जीवन में मधु का प्याला था तुमने तन मंडे डाला था वह टूट गया तो टूट गया मदिरालय का आंगन देखो कितने प्याले हिल जाते हैं गिर मिट्टी में मिल जाते हैं जो गिरते हैं कब उठते हैं पर बोलो टूटे प्यालों पर कब मदिरालय पछताता है जो बीत गई सो बात गई मृदु मिट्टी के हैं बने हुए मधु घट फूटा ही करते हैं लघु जीवन लेकर आए हैं प्याले टूटा ही करते हैं फिर भी मधुरालय के अंदर मधु के घट हैं मधु प्याले हैं जो मादकता के मारे हैं वे मधु लुटा ही करते हैं वह कच्चा पीने वाला है जिसकी ममता घट प्यालों पर जो सच्चे मधु से जला हुआ 
कब रोता है चिल्लाता है जो बीत गई सो बात गई धन्यवाद करने वालों की हार नहीं होती लहरों से डरकर नौका पार नहीं होती कोशिश करने वालों की हार नहीं होती नन्ही चीटी जब दाना लेकर चलती है चढ़ती दीवारों पर सौ बार फिसलती है मन का विश्वास रगों में साहस भरता है चढ़कर गिरना गिरकर चढ़ना नहीं अखड़ता है आखिर उसकी मेहनत बेकार नहीं होती कोशिश करने वालों की हार नहीं होती डुबकियां सिंधु में गोताखोर लगाता है जा जाकर खाली हाथ लौट कर आता है मिलते ही मिलते नहीं सहज ही मोती गहरे पानी में बढ़ता दुगना उत्साह इसी हैरानी में मुट्ठी उसकी खाली हर बार नहीं होती कोशिश करने वालों की हार नहीं होती असफलता एक चुनौती है इसे स्वीकार करो क्या कमी रह गई देखो और सुधार करो जब तक ना सफल हो नींद चैन को त्यागो तुम संघर्षों का मैदान छोड़कर मत भागो तुम कुछ किए बिना ही जय जयकार नहीं होती कोशिश करने वालों की हार नहीं होती धन्यवाद So uh, today I wanted to speak about how to identify toxicity in a marriage. And I'm talking about from the perspective of a wife of a female, right? From the wife's perspective, how to identify that our relationship is actually becoming more toxic. So the entire thing first starts off with the entire idea of uh, toxicity. So what do you understand of toxicity? Toxic, something which is unhealthy, something which is not going to go on for long in a healthy manner a toxic marriage what you have to do with the toxic marriage is of course your uh, you know understanding and your judgment your decision however to identify the pattern is even more important and that is actually the first step because number of times we are unhappy in marriages and we do not understand whether you know it is our fault number of times we tend to think we can do a lot of things we have tried our best to do a lot of things and especially females in the kind of scenario we are living in females are doing a lot of things you know uh, some people some women who have uh, got into a love marriage they believed that this was the man meant for me however he changed transformed completely when he became a husband men are also trained in a certain way okay and uh, that would be a completely different topic of course so today I have got five major ways of identifying toxicity in marriage. How are we moving towards maybe self-sabotaging? Self-sabotaging is putting yourself down. The first thing, you know, uh, how I got this idea of talking about this was uh, from this movie Matrix Resurrection. For the ones who are um, not aware of the Matrix trilogy and stuff, so I would let them know. So basically Matrix is a movie wherein there are two main characters neo and uh, trinity and both these people are uh, you know important in bringing about a revolution on this earth so basically the movie shows that the you know 100 years from now the world would be taken up by robots and how do they fight this entire virtual world and um, 
So towards the end of the trilogy, the three movies that had, uh, you know, the last one released, I think in 2003. So uh, both of them died towards the end. However, in the fourth one, Matrix Resurrection, which just released a week ago, we find that, uh, you know, both of them are resurrected. They are risen again, okay? So, um, and both of them are made to work, you know, in a manner wherein they don't even know that, you know, they are um, part of a game. Are they a part of real life? Are they having some mental issues? So we see that Neo is a, you know, person who actually develops games, computer games. And Trinity is a woman who is, you know, married to a man. And of course, we can see that the man is quite controlling, like the usual kind of a stereotypical man. And she has two sons. There is a point of time wherein she talks to Neo and she says that, you know, when I told my husband that um, I think I look like Trinity because there is a game also which is called Matrix and the same story is playing in that Matrix, okay, which actually happened. And Trinity is supposed to be, you know, uh, empowerment personified, okay. See, she, so she is capable of doing stuff that, you know, normal women can never do. She drives a bike. And, you know, uh, she's very good at, you know, all kinds of, you know, physical skills and stuff like that. So she says that, you know, she tells her husband that um, I feel that I'm like Trinity. And the husband laughs. She says that not only the husband laughs, she also laughs with him because she's so used to agreeing with the husband. And later when she realizes all this, later when she is, you know, revisiting the scenario wherein she laughed, you know, at... Um, you know, this joke that she is nothing like Trinity, um, she feels like killing herself. And this is the point of time I felt that I need to talk about this because, you know, a lot of us, a lot of women are doing that in our real lives, in our waking lives, wherein we agree with our husbands or we agree with our in-laws in pushing ourselves down, in agreeing that, yeah, we are not so good. So that's the first point, you know. That is the first point that I wish to talk about today is, you know, how we pull ourselves down. We agree with people, you know. We uh, also contribute in pushing ourselves down. We agree, okay, yeah, we are not good enough. Okay, so that's the first thing. If you have done that in the past, if you are doing it in the present, or that is a common scenario in your household, you must realize that the relationship is toxic. It's not healthy at all. So a healthy marriage, a healthy relationship looks like yeah, of course, we make fun of each other, we ridicule each other, but it should be to only, uh, you know, um, a point where it doesn't hurt the other person, right? And also ask another question to yourself when you are thinking about this point. Do ask yourself, is the same possible with your husband? Can you also speak in the same way about your husband? Can you say that? Okay. Can you also make fun of him and say, oh, yo, you're not good enough. Oh, what nonsense. If your husband says something, you know, uh, um, self-complimenting himself okay if he says something like that can you also say ah oh, bullshit can you say that i'm sorry i'm bs so can you say that no then you've got the answer the first point itself proves that you are in a toxic relationship the second point that i you know um, um, want you to ponder about is that you know you believe that your partner is superior okay maybe before marriage before getting into this relationship you were of the idea that okay i'm good enough you had self-love and stuff like that but somehow you are made to believe that, you know, the husband or the family of, you know, um, your husband's side, your in-laws, they are far superior than you. You actually didn't deserve them, you know. And it was just by chance 
that you came upon them and stuff like that they had been good to you you are lucky you are fortunate that you got married to him any healthy person will never say that you know you are lucky to have me you know of course that may be in a fun kind of a way um, you know projecting self obsession as a funny thing but if it is a pattern you are made to believe that you are lucky that definitely is an unhealthy relationship that's one of the red flags of toxicity so you must realize you know a person who really loves you really respects you will most likely say that i am the lucky person to have you and as bollywoodish as it may sound as romantic like you know coming from some um, 19th century women novel it may sound but this is the reality of healthy relationships okay so both the sides both of them should believe both the husband and the wife should believe that we are lucky to have each other it should not be ever about you know like you know you all agree on the fact the entire family agrees on the fact that the husband is better that should not be uh yet another way you know of um, understanding which is kind of you know uh, and it's very painful and hurtful to um, realize that this is so common you know this is so common in the indian circumstance abuse and you use the word abuse and it sounds like something really drastic the husband must have wanted to kill the wife no it's not always that of course physical abuse is the most uh, you know what do you say tangible form of abuse you can see you can understand this is abuse but there are number of abuses number of types of abuses which are existing in marriages and people even don't uh, consider them as abuse okay so maybe acha bas ek thappad mara tha kind of a thing yeah you know those kind of thing killing me it was not an abuse you know he was angry was frustrated and so he did that at that point of time you need to ask yourself this question can you also do that and be cool and calm about it if your husband has done something just ask yourself back can you also do that and the husband will be fine oh okay she was angry no and you know time has come we tend to think that okay the society the social conditioning is such and you know we are brought up in different ways and women will have to tolerate and uh, yeah and the one more thing that really you know was uh, quite funny with women they say ha my daughter is not going to tolerate this shit okay my daughter is not going to tolerate all this nonsense i'm not going to let her do that and things are going to change we believe things are going to change 50 years down the line 100 years down the line but what is our contribution in that have we contributed have we even brought about a minute change maybe we are just a molecule in this entire substance but you know as a molecule how much change did you bring about in yourself why do we always wait for someone else to give us inspiration why can't we be the inspirational light for others so we tend to you know ignore the idea that you know we need to define abuse what is abuse so what is abuse the fact that you know you don't have okay so uh, one example i'll give you number of marriages there is this work distribution done okay so you have to do uh, you know you give up your job okay even if you're doing very well in your job you give up your job you bring up the kids and do stuff okay and i'm going to take charge of the financial front okay so he's taking charge of the financial front working hard but then a lot of wives complain or some wives don't even complain is the fact that they don't have any financial power in their hand doesn't buy the car buy the house and not even you know he just goes and shows her see i think i'm going to buy this one i think polo will be good you know or you know a house in this kind of a this thing so he's not even talking about it to the wife he's just telling her that these are the things that we are doing and she says i want to go out with my friends and shop and stuff like that 
so at that point of time she realizes that oh i don't earn money it's my husband's money excuse me if it's your husband's money please remember then the children are completely yours because you gave them birth okay you got those stitches on your body or you had felt the labor pain okay so you had done that completely yourself all the pain part was yours alone not his okay and then in that situation of course some uh, really lame people might say that yeah he paid for it anyways so think about these things we need to think about these things especially financial power do you have financial power in your hands uh, the, a lot of husbands will say i'm talking about only the toxic husbands a lot of toxic husbands will you know try to say that um, because she doesn't understand how much am i earning and how many things have to be taken care of if that is the issue then the husband should sit down with the wife and tell her see these are the things and if he can shout about the fact that oh my shirt is not washed and pressed and if the house is not looking good enough the you know there is no namak in the uh, dal chawal or whatever dal and sabzi then she should also be able to shout out and tell him that excuse me you know you are not providing us properly so of course what i'm talking about right now may sound you know a uh, fit ground for quarrel and uh, believe me a lot of us 90% 95% of us are not prepared to do all these things but yes there can be a mental debate you need to assess yourself i'm not saying go out and do it go out and fight for it but i'm just saying that you need to realize these things are you being treated with love i'm not saying equality because equality is something which is going to take centuries i think i believe but are you being given enough respect okay are you being given love is the other person in love with you all those things are really important also uh, you know when i talk about abuse uh, it's not just physical abuse it's not just financial abuse emotional abuse okay emotional abuse is you know uh, very prominent mental abuse you know you are not able to you're so stressed all the time from morning till night you are not getting any rest so we need to identify the patterns we need to you know tell ourselves what exactly is the situation please face the truth if you are going to close your eyes you can't just say that you know those things are not there in front of you so we need to talk with ourselves uh yet another you know uh, one of the forms of abuses which i would point out as a fourth thing fourth point how to identify a toxic relationship is you know um, we have seen ourselves feeling guilty okay so i've seen number of women say that they say that you know okay i i'm not very good at cooking and some of the people will tell her that no you are great at cooking or you might say actually my nose is not so sharp or you know um something you know, about your physical features about your mental features mental capabilities i had not been able to do this why focus on what you are not able to do right why focus on what you are not able to do and who can those people be who will make you focus on such things okay so let's say if my son doesn't draw well will i go and tell him that you know you don't draw well i'll say oh this is nice very nice you know had you done this from this side you know maybe the eyes could have been larger my god but you know i must agree that you are very good at it okay so encouragement is what is required but you need to assess what is the way you are being told about you know what is lacking in you and stuff and are you also capable of saying that back to the other person what is lacking in you okay so we need to identify this toxicity if we are feeling guilty all the time if we are feeling lesser than the other person all the time there is something wrong in the relationship and believe me when i say this that there is something wrong in the relationship i am not just saying that there is something wrong in that person okay 
so toxic people also feed on unhealthy people only you have to understand and accept the fact that uh, if you are into a pattern of getting a boss like that or if you are into a pattern of getting love in your life like that in toxicity form if you are in a pattern of getting friends like that who just make fun of you all the time and stuff so there is something some problem with us also right and that problem is not a an eternal problem all these things can be solved if they are existing there is a problem there has to be a solution so the solution can be found out the entire idea that you identify the problem itself points you towards a solution okay so if you have been tolerating all this the first solution is not to tolerate this to speak up communication is the best form maybe in the first time you'll find it difficult weird odd and then you will think that no what i'm doing is not right but you need to speak up unless you speak up things will not stop and of course there are number of you know different kinds of help which are available and uh, even before going to a counselor there is there are so many talks there are so many uh, articles books available which can, you know you can read through and find out a solution for your problems so guilt was the fourth point and the final point that i really want to talk about more importantly and most importantly is you know who makes the decisions in the house in the indian you know scenario we always see it's generally the man who makes a decision okay so that's about patriarchy but what about making a decision to buy a certain kind of phone for you and you know from the smallest to the biggest decisions are you like stripped of any right of making decisions in your house we need to question that to what extent are our choices respected in the house to what extent extent you know uh, our decision making is given any respect okay so and this i would not want to elaborate because this i want to leave it out to you think about it are you give, given enough respect time choice to make decisions think about all these things and let me know in the comment section thank you so much let's do the poem the cinnamon peeler and uh, i'm going to take plain explanation okay without giving much um, you know hark to the background or the you know historical evidence or literary devices so the poem starts as this if i were a cinnamon peeler i would ride your bed and leave the yellow bark dust on your pillow cinnamon as we all know is a kind of spice which is called dalchini in hindi and it has a peculiar smell and this particular cinnamon is being talked about it comes from sri lanka because the poet actually michael odanji was basically a sri lankan even though he was brought up in a different country but um, and this poem is sexually explicit in a way because he's talking about his desire of his old wife okay he's talking about their relationship and uh, the kind of physical relations and the desires that they have for each other so in the first stanza as we can see he's saying if i were a cinnamon peeler so it's a conditional statement if he was then what would happen okay so it's not uh, the reality cinnamon the smell of cinnamon the peculiar smell of cinnamon he uses as uh, you know as a symbol i would say to talk about his desire for his wife okay so he had a wife whom he had obviously they later underwent separation and he had another um, what do you say another affair so to say but uh, he's writing on this about his wife and he says that if i were a cinnamon peeler that is you know if because the cinnamon peeler is uh, the one who is full of the smell of cinnamon so whenever he would make love with her she would also smell of cinnamon 
so when you know he would ride her bed okay ride her bed ride looks like something very sporty but uh, instantly when we are talking about bed then we know that you know there is something talked about a physical relation or you know kind of a desire we are talking about and leave the yellow bark dust on your pillow so when i would ride your bed when i would come to have a uh, you know intimate um, relation with you that would also show on the pillow on your pillow because you know this particular cinnamon which comes from sri lanka which is yellow in color would show on the pillow the bark dust which would be there on my clothes would also show on the pillow the second stanza your breasts and shoulders would reek you could never walk through markets without the profusion of my fingers floating over you in these lines and just only halfway through the second stanza in these lines we are being given the body parts of this woman the wife that you know her breasts and the shoulders would reek reek is you know used in a sense that reek means you know smell in a not a very um, good way smell in the sense that you know it's full of the smell she cannot get rid of okay so th- it would be there inherently in her so much that when she goes to the market everyone would instantly know that she is the cinnamon peeler's wife and everyone would know that his fingers must have run through these parts of her body the breast and the um, shoulders okay so uh, this is providing a kind of you know uh, imagery this is providing a vivid imagination to the person how is he moving his fingers how is he moving himself on her body the blind would stumble certain of whom they approached though you might bathe under rain gutters monsoon so he says that even you know it does not require anyone to look at you but uh, you know even the blind people if they stumble upon you if they come across you they would still know despite the fact that you may have bathed in the rain gutters okay so if there were you know some uh, gutters created out of rain and stuff like that during the monsoon season even if you uh, come across by them nothing could take away the smell from you this is the second stanza third one here on the upper thigh at this smooth pasture neighbor to your hair or the crease that cuts your back this ankle you will be known among strangers as the cinnamon peeler's wife so yet again in the third stanza and this one is even more erotic in a way now uh, we were talking only about the upper body part about the breasts and the you know uh, shoulders now we are coming down to the thighs and that's like the climax of the this thing um so we have reached not just the upper thigh and he's saying smooth pasture is talking about the skin as smooth okay so he's talking about the uh, feeling that he gets on moving his hands through her thighs uh, which is neighbor to your hair which hair can be you know beside the thighs obviously he's talking about the pubic hair or the crease that cuts your back so crease that cuts your back so he's talking about instantly he goes on to talk about the physique and then he comes to the back po- position okay so uh, this is totally you know in a very erotic way he is talking about you know the final this thing that they are about to do this ankle you will be known among strangers so whichever part of your body it may be they will all smell so much of cinnamon that you know even strangers even those people who have not met you earlier will understand immediately that you are the cinnamon peeler's wife 
I could hardly glance at you. This is the fourth stanza. One minute. So, uh, in the fourth stanza, he says, now, um, if you look at the usage of tense, okay, now, immediately, he says, I could. Could is a past tense. He's probably talking about a time where, when they were not married, okay. So, he's talking about maybe the courtship period or maybe when the marriage was just fixed or something like that. I could hardly glance at you before marriage, never touch you. So, he's saying that, you know, before marriage, now obviously the second line tells you it's before marriage, but the first line instantly actually takes you back to a past time, wherein he is accepting that, you know, there was a time I could not touch you. Because those are the customs, okay, before marriage, you are not supposed to be touching your wife and not even glancing at her so much. Your keen-nosed mother, your rough brothers, okay. So, your mother who keen-nosed in the sense, you know, someone can, who can smell instantly. And your rough brothers, brothers who are like, you know, the typical brothers, even in India, we have those kind of brothers who are ready to kill <laughs> uh, whoever disturbs the peace of their sister. So, at this point of time, even before marriage, you know, what happens is the fact that, you know, these two people, the mother and the brothers, these people are like after their life. He cannot come close to her because these people are always on the watch. Your keen-nosed mother, your rough brothers, I buried my hands in saffron, disguised them over smoking tar, help the honey gatherers. Okay, so uh, if you know before the this thing, he, what he had to do was he had to disguise, and uh, he is giving other professions, honey gatherers, smoking tar, you know, people who are, you know, doing other things. He's trying to disguise himself does so that the mother and the brothers cannot do not come to know about what you know if there is any intimacy being settled uh, between them okay so this is what he's trying to do he's burying his hands in saffron so that you know it uh, looks like saffron and not cinnamon the next stanza when we swam once i touched you in water and our bodies remained free you could hold me and be blind of smell, you climbed the bank and said. So, in the next stanza, he says that once they were swimming together in water, when she touched her, okay, and they were free, and uh, free in the sense that, you know, the others were not around, that is why they were free to touch each other and to come close to each other, and she became blind of smell. You climbed the bank and said. So, what does she say in, comes in the next stanza? This is how you touch other women. The grass cutter's wife, the lime burner's daughter, and you searched your arms for the missing perfume. Okay, so at this point of time, she says, uh, we are told that the wife says that, you know, uh, this is the way you are touching other people's wives. Okay, so there are two meanings to this. One is, you know, obviously we are being referred to as a grass cutter's wife or the lime burners because these people, they do not have a peculiar smell. Okay, now they are in water, most likely it means that, you know, in water the smell would not be so uh, pungent as say, not pungent exactly, but it, she would not reek of this, reek of the smell of cinnamon. Okay, and you searched your arms for the missing perfume. So she says that, um, you know, she is touching him and uh, probably coming from the previous stanzas also because he had tried his best to cover himself in saffron and another other kind of things this thing so she cannot get the smell and she is missing the smell the smell of the cinnamon obviously 
and uh, she is wondering that why isn't she getting the smell they are actually in water that also might be a cause so the, that is the thing about postmodernism that sometimes there are multiple meanings which can be made out of the poem so here the multiple meaning one meaning says that you know she is uh, not trusting him enough second meaning says because they are in water and doing this that is why the smell is not coming and the third one is that uh, you know we had got to know from the previous stanza that uh, he had you know um, consciously tried to cover his cinnamon smell with other things like saffron and smoking tar and honey gatherers and stuff like that so that is why this is happening coming to the next one the next stanza is only two words it says and new so when she says you know she is looking for the missing perfume and she knew instantly what does she know comes in the next stanza what good is it to be the lime burner's daughter left with no trace as if not spoken to in the act of love as if wounded without pleasure of a scar so now when she um, uh, searches herself for the smell because he has now covered himself in other kind of uh, this thing so that he does not smell so much of cinnamon also they are in water she says she instantly knows that the lime burner's daughter does not have any trace of any smell which shows that there is no love okay so the lime burner as a father is not a very passionate kind of a father or you know um, also the fact you know if she is so she is going on to talking about the females who are related to other men as a daughter as a wife or whatever and she is instantly saying that she is more fortunate to be the cinnamon peeler's wife now here as you remember in the beginning we talked about the fact that cinnamon here represents um, desire and passion okay so she is saying that she you know it's of no use being the lime burner's daughter because the lime burner's daughter does not smell of anything related to her father or even if she was the wife she does not smell of it so uh, when the wife of the cinnamon peeler moves across people can know that she is the cinnamon peeler's wife so this is probably talking about the fact that you know the the poet was so passionate that the love between them could be seen by people okay and she is saying that uh, you know the lime burner's daughter was left with no trace the love could not be seen okay as if not spoken to in the act of love so as if you know the this act obviously now we are talking about the fact that the other women wherein they are into a marriage where there is no passion and desire and the sexual act is just a mechanical act okay so she is saying that it's no use doing that sexual act wherein the scar cannot be seen you know as a wounded without the pleasure of a scar wounded obviously is a final act that women have to undergo the kind of pain that women undergo in the sexual act what is the use of being you know undergoing that pain if there was no passion involved in it okay it just becomes a mechanical act the final stanza says you touched your belly to my hands so this comes back to the poet's voice <clears throat> you touched your belly to my hands in the dry air and said i am the cinnamon peeler's wife smell me so in the final stanza we come to know that this woman is now herself getting him to touch his belly her belly sorry in the dry air and the dry air so they have come out of water they don't want to be in water anymore they, she doesn't want to hide uh, the fact that you know she belongs to him or she has had uh, intimacy with him or she is desired and passionate about you know this man so she gets him to touch her belly again another body part of hers is mentioned in the dry air and said i am the cinnamon peeler's wife smell me so she now accepts that i am your wife i belong to you and uh, i don't have any issues being known as you know 
uh, impassioned or desired by you or something like that so she is ready to accept the fact that she is in love with him and she is in a physically close intimate relationship with him let's do the poem the cinnamon peeler and uh, i'm going to take plain explanation okay without giving much um, you know hark to the background or the you know historical evidence or literary devices so the poem starts as this if i were a cinnamon peeler i would ride your bed and leave the yellow bark dust on your pillow cinnamon as we all know is a kind of spice which is called dalchini in hindi and it has a peculiar smell and this particular cinnamon is being talked about it comes from sri lanka because the poet actually michael odanji was basically a sri lankan even though he was brought up in a different country but um, and this poem is sexually explicit in a way because he's talking about his desire of his old wife okay he's talking about their relationship and uh, the kind of physical relations and the desires that they have for each other so in the first stanza as we can see he's saying if i were a cinnamon peeler so it's a conditional statement if he was then what would happen okay so it's not uh, the reality cinnamon the smell of cinnamon the peculiar smell of cinnamon he uses as uh, you know as a symbol i would say to talk about his desire for his wife okay so he had a wife whom he had obviously they later underwent separation and he had another um, what do you say another affair so to say but uh, he's writing on this about his wife and he says that if i were a cinnamon peeler that is you know if because the cinnamon peeler is uh, the one who is full of the smell of cinnamon so whenever he would make love with her she would also smell of cinnamon so when you know he would ride her bed okay ride her bed ride looks like something very sporty but uh, instantly when we are talking about bed and we know that you know there is something talked about a physical relation a you know kind of a desire we are talking about and leave the yellow bark dust on your pillow so when i would ride your bed when i would come to have a uh, you know intimate um, relation with you that would also show on the pillow on your pillow because you know this particular cinnamon which comes from sri lanka which is yellow in color would show on the pillow the bark dust which would be there on my clothes would also show on the pillow the second stanza your breasts and shoulders would reek you could never walk through markets without the profusion of my fingers floating over you in these lines and just only halfway through the second stanza in these lines we are being given the body parts of this woman the wife that you know her breasts and the shoulders would reek reek is you know used in a sense that reek means you know smell in a not a very um, good way smell in the sense that you know it's full of the smell she cannot get rid of okay so th- it would be there inherently in her so much that when she goes to the market everyone would instantly know that she is a cinnamon peeler's wife and everyone would know that his fingers must have run through these parts of her body the breast and the um, shoulders okay so uh, this is providing a kind of you know uh, imagery this is providing a vivid imagination to the person how is he moving his fingers how is he moving himself on her body the blind would stumble certain of whom they approached though you might bathe under rain gutters monsoon so he says that even you know it does not require anyone to look at you but uh, 
you know even the blind people if they stumble upon you if they come across you they would still know despite the fact that you may have bathed in the rain gutters okay so if there were you know some uh, gutters created out of rain and stuff like that during the monsoon season even if you uh, come across by them nothing could take away the smell from you this is the second stanza third one here on the upper thigh at this smooth pasture neighbor to your hair or the crease that cuts your back this ankle you will be known among strangers as the cinnamon peeler's wife so yet again in the third stanza and this one is even more erotic in a way now uh, we were talking only about the upper body part about the breasts and the you know uh, shoulders now we are coming down to the thighs and that's like the climax of the this thing um so we have reached not just the upper thigh and he's saying smooth pasture is talking about the skin as smooth okay so he's talking about the uh, feeling that he gets on moving his hands through her thighs uh, which is neighbor to your hair which hair can be you know beside the thighs obviously he's talking about the pubic hair or the crease that cuts your back so crease that cuts your back so he's talking about instantly he goes on to talk about the physique and then he comes to the back po- position okay so uh, this is totally you know in a very erotic way he's talking about you know the final this thing that they are about to do this ankle you will be known among strangers so whichever part of your body it may be they will all smell so much of cinnamon that you know even strangers even those people who have not met you earlier will understand immediately that you are the cinnamon peeler's wife i could hardly glance at you this is the fourth stanza one minute so uh, in the fourth stanza he says now um, if you look at the usage of tense okay now immediately he says i could could is a past tense he is probably talking about a time where when they were not married okay so he's talking about maybe the courtship period or maybe when the marriage was just fixed or something like that i could hardly glance at you before marriage never touch you so he's saying that you know before marriage now obviously the second line tells you it's before marriage but the first line instantly actually takes you back to a past time wherein he is accepting that you know there was a time i could not touch you because those are the customs okay before marriage you are not supposed to be touching your wife and not even glancing at her so much your keen nosed mother your rough brothers okay so your mother who keen nosed in the sense you know someone can, who can smell instantly and your rough brothers brothers who are like you know the typical brothers even in india we have those kind of brothers who are ready to kill <laughs> uh, whoever disturbs the peace of their sister so at this point of time even before marriage you know what happens is the fact that you know these two people the mother and the brothers these people are like after their life he cannot come close to her because these people are always on the watch your keen nosed mother your rough brothers i buried my hands in saffron disguised them over smoking tar help the honey gatherers okay so uh, if you know before the this thing he, what he had to do was he had to disguise and uh, he is giving other professions honey gatherers smoking tar you know people who are you know doing other things he is trying to disguise himself does so that the mother and the brothers cannot do not come to know about what you know if there is any intimacy being settled uh, between them okay so this is what he is trying to do he is burying his hands in saffron so that you know 
it uh, looks like saffron and not cinnamon the next stanza when we swam once i touched you in water and our bodies remained free you could hold me and be blind of smell you climbed the bank and said so in the next stanza he says that once they were swimming together in water when she touched her okay and they were free and uh, free in the sense that you know the others were not around that is why they were free to touch each other and to come close to each other and she became blind of smell you climbed the bank and said so what does she say in, comes in the next stanza this is how you touch other women the grass cutter's wife the lime burner's daughter and you searched your arms for the missing perfume okay so at this point of time she says uh, we are told that the wife says that you know uh, this is the way you are touching other people's wives okay so there are two meanings to this one is you know obviously we are being referred to as a grass cutter's wife or the lime burners because these people they do not have a peculiar smell okay now they are in water most likely it means that you know in water the smell would not be so uh, pungent as say not pungent exactly but it she would not reek of this reek of the smell of cinnamon okay they searched your arms for the missing perfume so she says that um, you know she is touching him and uh, probably coming from the previous stanzas also because he had tried his best to cover himself in saffron and another other kind of things this thing so she cannot get the smell and she is missing the smell the smell of the cinnamon obviously and uh, she is wondering that why isn't she getting the smell they are actually in water that also might be a cause so the, that is the thing about post modernism that sometimes there are multiple meanings which can be made out of the poem so here the multiple meaning one meaning says that you know she is uh, not trusting him enough second meaning says because they are in water and doing this that is why the smell is not coming and the third one is that uh, you know we had got to know from the previous stanza that uh, he had you know um, consciously tried to cover his cinnamon smell with other things like saffron and smoking tar and honey gatherers and stuff like that so that is why this is happening coming to the next one the next stanza is only two words it says and new so when she says you know she is looking for the missing perfume and she knew instantly what does she know comes in the next stanza what good is it to be the lime burner's daughter left with no trace as if not spoken to in the act of love as if wounded without pleasure of a scar so now when she um, uh, searches herself for the smell because he has now covered himself in other kind of uh, this thing so that he does not smell so much of cinnamon also they are in water she says she instantly knows that the lime burner's daughter does not have any trace of any smell which shows that there is no love okay so the lime burner as a father is not a very passionate kind of a father or you know um, also the fact you know if she is so she is going on to talking about the females who are related to other men as a daughter as a wife or whatever and she is instantly saying that she is more fortunate to be the cinnamon peeler's wife now here as you remember in the beginning we talked about the fact that cinnamon here represents um, desire and passion okay so she is saying that she you know it's of no use being the lime burner's daughter because the lime burner's daughter does not smell of anything related to her father or even if she was the wife she does not smell of it so uh, when the wife of the cinnamon peeler moves across people can know that she is the cinnamon peeler's wife 
so this is probably talking about the fact that you know the the poet was so passionate that the love between them could be seen by people okay and she is saying that uh, you know the lime one's daughter was left with no trace the love could not be seen okay as if not spoken to in the act of love so as if you know the this act obviously now we are talking about the fact that the other women wherein they are into a marriage where there is no passion and desire and the sexual act is just a mechanical act okay so she is saying that it's no use doing that sexual act wherein the scar cannot be seen you know as a wounded without the pleasure of a scar wounded obviously is a final act that women have to undergo the kind of pain that women undergo in the sexual act what is the use of being you know undergoing that pain if there was no passion involved in it okay so it just becomes a mechanical act the final stanza says you touched your belly to my hands so this comes back to the poet's voice <clears throat> you touched your belly to my hands in the dry air and said i am the cinnamon peeler's wife smell me so in the final stanza we come to know that this woman is now herself getting him to touch his belly her belly sorry in the dry air and the dry air so they have come out of water they don't want to be in water anymore they, she doesn't want to hide uh, the fact that you know she belongs to him or she has had uh, intimacy with him or she is desired and passionate about you know this man so she gets him to touch her belly again another body part of hers is mentioned in the dry air and said i am the cinnamon peeler's wife smell me so she now accepts that i am your wife i belong to you and uh, i don't have any issues being known as you know uh, impassioned or desired by you or something like that so she is ready to accept the fact that she is in love with him and she is in a physically close intimate relationship with him let's do the poem the cinnamon peeler and uh, i'm going to take plain explanation okay without giving much um, you know hark to the background or the you know historical evidence or literary devices so the poem starts as this if i were a cinnamon peeler i would ride your bed and leave the yellow bark dust on your pillow cinnamon as we all know is a kind of spice which is called dalchini in hindi and it has a peculiar smell and this particular cinnamon is being talked about it comes from sri lanka because the poet actually michael odanji was basically a sri lankan even though he was brought up in a different country but um, and this poem is sexually explicit in a way because he's talking about his desire of his old wife okay he's talking about their relationship and uh, the kind of physical relations and the desires that they have for each other so in the first stanza as we can see he's saying if i were a cinnamon peeler so it's a conditional statement if he was then what would happen okay so it's not uh, the reality cinnamon the smell of cinnamon the peculiar smell of cinnamon he uses as uh, you know as a symbol i would say to talk about his desire for his wife okay so he had a wife whom he had obviously they later underwent separation and he had another um, what do you say another affair so to say but uh, he's writing on this about his wife and he says that if i were a cinnamon peeler that is you know if because the cinnamon peeler is uh, the one who is full of the smell of cinnamon so whenever he would make love with her she would also smell of cinnamon so when you know he would ride her bed okay ride her bed ride looks like something very sporty but uh, instantly when we are talking about bed 
and we know that you know there is something talked about a physical relation a you know kind of a desire we are talking about and leave the yellow bark dust on your pillow so when i would ride your bed when i would come to have a uh, you know intimate um, relation with you that would also show on the pillow on your pillow because you know this particular cinnamon which comes from sri lanka which is yellow in color would show on the pillow the bark dust which would be there on my clothes would also show on the pillow the second stanza your breasts and shoulders would reek you could never walk through markets without the profusion of my fingers floating over you in these lines and just only halfway through the second stanza in these lines we are being given the body parts of this woman the wife that you know her breasts and the shoulders would reek reek is you know used in a sense that reek means you know smell in a not a very um, good way smell in the sense that you know it's full of the smell she cannot get rid of okay so th- it would be there inherently in her so much that when she goes to the market everyone would instantly know that she is a cinnamon peeler's wife and everyone would know that his fingers must have run through these parts of her body the breast and the um, shoulders okay so uh, this is providing a kind of you know uh, imagery this is providing a vivid imagination to the person how is he moving his fingers how is he moving himself on her body the blind would stumble certain of whom they approached though you might bathe under rain gutters monsoon so he says that even you know it does not require anyone to look at you but uh, you know even the blind people if they stumble upon you if they come across you they would still know despite the fact that you may have bathed in the rain gutters okay so if there were you know some uh, gutters created out of rain and stuff like that during the monsoon season even if you uh, come across by them nothing could take away the smell from you this is the second stanza third one here on the upper thigh at this smooth pasture neighbor to your hair or the crease that cuts your back this ankle you will be known among strangers as the cinnamon peeler's wife so yet again in the third stanza and this one is even more erotic in a way now uh, we were talking only about the upper body part about the breasts and the you know uh, shoulders now we are coming down to the thighs and that's like the climax of the this thing um so we have reached not just the upper thigh and he's saying smooth pasture is talking about the skin as smooth okay so he's talking about the uh, feeling that he gets on moving his hands through her thighs uh, which is neighbor to your hair which hair can be you know beside the thighs obviously he's talking about the pubic hair or the crease that cuts your back so crease that cuts your back so he's talking about instantly he goes on to talk about the physique and then he comes to the back po- position okay so uh, this is totally you know in a very erotic way he is talking about you know the final this thing that they are about to do this ankle you will be known among strangers so whichever part of your body it may be they will all smell so much of cinnamon that you know even strangers even those people who have not met you earlier will understand immediately that you are the cinnamon peeler's wife I could hardly glance at you this is the fourth stanza one minute so uh, in the fourth stanza he says now um, 
if you look at the usage of tense okay now immediately he says i could could is a past tense he is probably talking about a time where when they were not married okay so he is talking about maybe the courtship period or maybe when the marriage was just fixed or something like that i could hardly glance at you before marriage never touch you so he is saying that you know before marriage now obviously the second line tells you it's before marriage but the first line instantly actually takes you back to a past time wherein he is accepting that you know there was a time i could not touch you because those are the customs okay before marriage you are not supposed to be touching your wife and not even glancing at her so much your keen nosed mother your rough brothers okay so your mother who keen nosed in the sense you know someone can, who can smell instantly and your rough brothers brothers who are like you know the typical brothers even in india we have those kind of brothers who are ready to kill <laughs> uh, whoever disturbs the peace of their sister so at this point of time even before marriage you know what happens is the fact that you know these two people the mother and the brothers these people are like after their life he cannot come close to her because these people are always on the watch your keen nosed mother your rough brothers i buried my hands in saffron disguised them over smoking tar help the honey gatherers okay so uh, if you know before the this thing he, what he had to do was he had to disguise and uh, he is giving other professions honey gatherers smoking tar you know people who are you know doing other things he is trying to disguise himself thus so that the mother and the brothers cannot do not come to know about what you know if there is any intimacy being settled uh, between them okay so this is what he is trying to do is bearing his hands in saffron so that you know it uh, looks like saffron and not cinnamon the next stanza when we swam once i touched you in water and our bodies remained free you could hold me and be blind of smell you climbed the bank and said so in the next stanza he says that once they were swimming together in water when she touched her okay and they were free and uh, free in the sense that you know the others were not around that is why they were free to touch each other and to come close to each other and she became blind of smell you climbed the bank and said so what does she say in, comes in the next stanza this is how you touch other women the grass cutter's wife the lime burner's daughter and you searched your arms for the missing perfume okay so at this point of time she says uh, we are told that the wife says that you know uh, this is the way you are touching other people's wives okay so there are two meanings to this one is you know obviously we are being referred to as a grass cutter's wife or the lime burners because these people they do not have a peculiar smell okay now they are in water most likely it means that you know in water the smell would not be so uh, pungent as say not pungent exactly but it she would not reek of this reek of the smell of cinnamon okay you searched your arms for the missing perfume so she says that um, you know she is touching him and uh, probably coming from the previous stanzas also because he had tried his best to cover himself in saffron and another other kind of things this thing so she cannot get the smell and she is missing the smell the smell of the cinnamon obviously and uh, she is wondering that why isn't she getting the smell they are actually in water that also might be a cause so the, that is the thing about post modernism that sometimes there are multiple meanings which can be made out of the poem so here the multiple meaning one meaning says that you know she is uh, not trusting him enough 
second meaning says because they are in water and doing this that is why the smell is not coming and the third one is that uh, you know we had got to know from the previous stanza that uh, he had you know um, consciously tried to cover his cinnamon smell with other things like saffron and smoking tar and honey gatherers and stuff like that so that is why this is happening coming to the next one the next stanza is only two words it says and new so when she says you know she's looking for the missing perfume and she knew instantly what does she know comes in the next stanza what good is it to be the lime burner's daughter left with no trace as if not spoken to in the act of love as if wounded without pleasure of a scar so now when she um, uh, searches herself for the smell because he has now covered himself in other kind of uh, this thing so that he does not smell so much of cinnamon also they are in water she says she instantly knows that the lime burner's daughter does not have any trace of any smell which shows that there is no love okay so the lime burner as a father is not a very passionate kind of a father or you know um, also the fact you know if she is so she is going on to talking about the females who are related to other men as a daughter as a wife or whatever and she is instantly saying that she is more fortunate to be the cinnamon peeler's wife now here as you remember in the beginning we talked about the fact that cinnamon here represents um, desire and passion okay so she is saying that she you know it's of no use being the lime burner's daughter because the lime burner's daughter does not smell of anything related to her father or even if she was the wife she does not smell of it so uh, when the wife of the cinnamon peeler moves across people can know that she is the cinnamon peeler's wife so this is probably talking about the fact that you know the the poet was so passionate that the love between them could be seen by people okay and she is saying that uh, you know the lime burner's daughter was left with no trace the love could not be seen okay as if not spoken to in the act of love so as if you know the this act obviously now we are talking about the fact that the other women wherein they are into a marriage where there is no passion and desire and the sexual act is just a mechanical act okay so she is saying that it's no use doing that sexual act wherein the scar cannot be seen you know as a wounded without the pleasure of a scar wounded obviously is a final act that women have to undergo the kind of pain that women undergo in the sexual act what is the use of being you know undergoing that pain if there was no passion involved in it okay so it just becomes a mechanical act the final stanza says you touched your belly to my hands so this comes back to the poet's voice <clears throat> you touched your belly to my hands in the dry air and said i am the cinnamon peeler's wife smell me so in the final stanza we come to know that this woman is now herself getting him to touch his belly her belly sorry in the dry air and the dry air so they have come out of water they don't want to be in water anymore they, she doesn't want to hide uh, the fact that you know she belongs to him or she has had uh, intimacy with him or she is desired and passionate about you know this man so she gets him to touch her belly again another body part of hers is mentioned in the dry air and said i am the cinnamon peeler's wife smell me so she now accepts that i am your wife i belong to you and uh, i don't have any issues being known as you know uh, impassioned or desired by you or something like that so she is ready to accept the fact that she is in love with him and she is in a physically close intimate relationship with him